Is that a real movie? Cats vs. Dogs 3, Paws United? Oh, not only is it a real movie, Kyle, uh, Cats vs. Dogs has a long history of, of doing a, a weird sequel every 10 years. So uh, Cats vs. Dogs 3 just came out. Yeah, because I remember the first one was like when we were kind of kids, or at least... Oh, well, I remember being too old for it when it came out, but... Yeah, I think it was like 18 or 19. I think it's because it's been like 2000, 2010, 2020, I believe. Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. The funny thing is, Cancerous Dogs Two is the the 3D one. Oh well, that was that 2010 yeah, that would be the right time. Case. That'd be the right time for it to be 3D, right? They probably use James Cameron's cameras. Mm, I doubt that they filmed it in 3D. I bet it was just upscale <laughs> conversion. Yeah. <laughs> Spooky time. Do a hit us with a spooky laugh. <laughs> yeah. <God> damn it. <laughs> That's pretty good. This is VHS cult. I am Kyle Hell, the king of movies. I I'm to, confused. I have to, you have to have a spooky name now because it's Halloween time. Okay, I'm Spooky Sean. Spook town, spook spook spokesman, spokesman. <laughs> like a spokesman for spook town, a but spook a spokesman. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's pretty <laughs> good. It. Yeah, VHS cult. Today we will be talking about movies and other things. But first, yeah, probably most of the other things. That's the way this shit's been going. Yeah, that's how it goes. I was thinking, as far as podcast goes, um. Since it's a movie podcast, I bet people feel the need to see the movie that we're going to talk about. And if they haven't, they probably don't listen to the episode. And since um, people we watch to, weird shit. Well, yeah. And since people seem to suck at the Internet now and don't know how to pirate everything like we do. Well, I mean, um, honestly, a lot of the stuff <laughs> we watch is, is available for free. Like uh, Chud 2 is available for free on Tubi TV. You have to watch oh, it with it? commercials, but it's like it's like not that bad. Oh, yeah. Have you watched stuff on Tubi before? Oh, I don't know. I was maybe like, I, like I was saying, like after. Yeah, most of this stuff is like really easy to get oh. free from a lot of streaming services. I think. Oh, I was thinking it was a big ask. I was like, after January, we're gonna change what the podcast yeah, is we're about. Doing, what our format's gonna be about? We're gonna talk about uh, wood cutting from yeah, now on. I need, I need to get these dollar bills. <laughs> my teeth are falling out. <laughs> <From> <laughs> I already our, had to pull a teeth. Rather, I had, I had one of my tooth pulled rather than get a. Uh, root canal. You oh yeah, I'd, from- I'd do that for sure if I had to get a root canal and it was just like a molar or something. But yeah, right, get rid of that bitch. Now, hopefully this uh, this podcast money rolls in. I'll get those fancy implants. I mean, at this person. point, if I like accidentally knock out a front tooth, guess what? It's staying out. 
I just want to have front teeth, no problem. I'll just sign up for a payment plan that I never paid for. Yeah, I guess that works because I have medical bills that I've just never paid for. Take that, society. Da, 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 da. Don't worry, they're gonna bring back debtors' prison. Uh, there, there, yeah, there, there's some legislation that got passed recently that was like, oh, that was a uh, pretty close. Why, yeah, teeth falling out from all the candy I eat from being the king of Halloween and the king of movies. Yeah, you can only eat Halloween candy. That's a lot of, right. It's a lot, a lot of candy corn too. It's just the worst of, uh, of Halloween candy. <laughs> yeah, just candy, candy corn, candy. root barrel barrels, uh, wax lips, just garbage. <laughs> it's like the 1950s coming up. <laughs> My friend showed me a candy corn butt plug that she saw, and uh. First of all, it's like, who loves candy corn that much? Also, it looks like one of those cheap, like, all plastic ones, which sucks. And it has, like, a seam running on it, which, I mean, it's kind of like, you got to feel stretch that. that booty. But also, <laughs> the angles on it were so um, sharp for a butt plug. I was like, wow, this is like a straight up triangle. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a torture device. Seemed like it. Didn't seem like a fun butt plug. Um, have you watched The Haunting of Blind Manor? The sequel no. to Haunting of Hill House. No, I haven't watched either of them. I want to talk about it, but maybe if you watch it, we'll talk about it more. I'll just say that um, I remember when the Haunting of Hill House came out, and I talked about it, and I was like, it didn't end up actually being a ghost story or a scary story. For some reason, no. Oh, um, it was a real Vincent Price kind of moment. Yes, guess what? It's just me. Yeah, guess what? It's just like about family trauma, and it's kind of like a folktale. For some reason, I thought it was going to be different for this one, but um, they, fucking, they got me again. <laughs> <laughs> Real Scooby-Doo shit here. Yeah, it was really just like, <laughs> it was just like a regular oh, TV man, show. Oh, man, brothers. <laughs> it was just like a regular TV show that kind of had a ghost in it. But there's like a whole episode that's a backstory for the ghost, so then you relate to the ghost, and then it gets rid of any like horror element to it. It's, um, oh, I hate that. Like, I don't like. I remember they when they tried to do like a sympathetic backstory in one of the American Horror Stories for like the clown or some shit. I'm like, oh god. Oh yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> it has a similar problem to the first season of American Horror Story too, where everyone just dies and becomes ghosts that stay at the house and stuff. Oh, and it's, it's like there's no consequences in it, really. <laughs> kind of. There's it's something about it where it's like it's um shot really well. The acting's great. The dialogue, the writing for it, like just as a regular TV show all pretty good set design um even the child actors are like shockingly good all sorts of things everything about it leads me to believe that um if they forgot had they not forgot to put ghosts or any horror elements in it it probably would have been a pretty good horror tv show (laughs) well honestly i feel like the kind of the problem with horror tv shows is that they're just too long sustaining that kind of atmosphere for so many episodes is really hard yeah, well, the thing, yeah, this is you can do this like a short, like a uh, like maybe five or six episodes, but like, yeah, well, they, that, you're really pushing it. They have a choice of how many episodes they wanted this season to be, and they still went with nine. And it's like, mm, I don't think you know what type of show you want to make. Yeah, so well, maybe you do, and you still want to watch it. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I mean, it, it's not bad. It's just not um, what it's advertised as. Was, I guess. Yeah. Plus, I mean, the guy that made the directed it and like the head writer, the show runner, basically, that's the guy that made the Doctor Sleep movie. So I don't know. I expected anything at this point. <laughs> Everybody loves Doctor Sleep. I still haven't seen that. I read the book again, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy that people love Doctor Sleep, but people also love this series too. But um, it is just like uh, lowest common denominator appeal to everybody's sort of TV. 
or uh, prestige television, as they call it. <laughs> and that's the same about Doctor Sleep. Is like, uh, yeah, if you like uh, bland, middle of the road movies based off one of the best horror movies of all time, then you'll love Doctor Sleep and The Haunting of Bly Manor. <laughs> boy, boy, do I. <laughs> so, Kizza says, check it out, I guess. It's on Netflix, so it's like free, kind of technically. Not free, but you know what I mean? It's available. It's like you're using your friend's Netflix password. We know yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, for some reason, I, yeah, I just wasn't thinking, I guess. And I got myself kind of hyped up about it. Also, Rahul Kohli's in it, the guy that's like associated with Funhouse. So, that made me more excited to watch it. So, I had myself all hyped up for it. And then I watched it. Mm. And I was like, ooh, spooky season. Ooh, spooky homes. And it was like, at first, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then towards the middle, I was like, oh, fucking, when's it going to be um, a ghost story? <laughs> they keep alluding it to be a ghost story, but this seems to just be a regular TV show. And then they started throwing in the more supernatural elements. And I was like, oh, American Horror Story, the first season. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, by the end, I was like, oh, I got tricked again. <laughs> <laughs> I fooled me once. Uh, shame on 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 me. Fool me twice. Well, yeah, I can't can't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah, they won't get me next time when they unless they do like more stunt casting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's like straight up not more st- obscure obscure YouTube personalities. <laughs> and straight up not stunt casting. It's just the guy that I'm like kind of familiar with from being funny on the internet that happens to be an actor that's making his way up in the ranks and <laughs> wasn't stunt casting at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got you with it. That's yeah. important thing. <laughs> yeah. They got the, uh, <laughs> well, the, uh, s- small, but important, um, guy that watches fun house on YouTube occasionally audience. <laughs> well, if you just think they got all the people that, that watch fun house more than occasionally do. That's probably true, but I'm sure they have piss poor taste. Oh, absolutely. They watch Funhouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only thing good about Funhouse is Elise Willems. Oh, <laughs> shit. Uh, speaking of Funhouse, one of them got uh, fired this week because uh, all of his uh, nudes leaked on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, so I think it's a conflation of multiple things. But like, so Funhouse, it works. It's Rooster Teeth owns Funhouse, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Rooster Teeth is all shitty too, right? So one other dude at Rooster Teeth got outed this week for um, grooming and um, having sex with underage fans, right? Right. Yeah, that happened, seemed like a fireable offense to me. It happened at the same exact time that one of the dudes' front house nudes leaked. His nudes he had been sending to someone posing as an, um, an adult, but was actually a gay man catfishing him. They got huh. posted on a bodybuilder forum. Problem with the nudes, though. Um, I don't get it. Why is it be so eager to send nudes left and right? <laughs> Especially if you're like um, kind of famous, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, like you, Chris you, Evans, you, like his penis leaked because he had it on his Instagram roll, right? Like, yeah, how many people you sending out your dick pissed enough that you yeah. need a, a, just like a go-to on your Instagram roll? Like, this is the, this is the A, but uh, God, let me scroll down. I got the B shot too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you don't get it right the first time. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> sent a dick pic before. Or not, the first time is uh, never the right one. <laughs> I'm just amazed that he has he sends a, a dick pic out enough that he has one saved to send. You know what I mean? That seems to me like you send that, you delete it, you hope well, for the best. Uh nah, he if it's a good one, he's single and it's coming up a lot, you know. I'd hang on to it. I have a good one. 
that oh i don't know if you knew this i have a tattoo on the base of my dick (laughs) (laughs) so like um uh i don't know when people like hear about it a lot of times like girls will ask to see it so i have a pretty good one that just shows that that i always keep on deck for when it comes up um but anyways his news leaked and um some of them were like taken at the office where they work at so i think that's why he got fired oh well there you go yeah <laughs> also get you. there was like stuff that involved his wife that probably she may not have consented to mm. so that oh, that's also pretty shitty but uh i think a lot of it is more he just got wrapped in with the other dude being um a sexual predator and i'm sure he got fired anyways because yeah you know, if you get caught taking nudes at the office i'm sure that sucks but <laughs> um, that's gonna get you fired every time it's crazy <laughs> like how puritanically the audience freaked out about it because i was just like man i weird shit happens at offices i don't know if you've never worked in office before but there's definitely people masturbating and having sex and doing weird shit at your office mm-hmm. There's I've that. seen it. I've, I've known people got <laughs> fire for that shit, so it's not like yeah, no, like weird shit happens in offices. I've seen people are fucking crazy weird shit in offices. Yeah, well, human beings are human beings, and we still are just kind of like apes running around, to be honest. But uh, the, the interesting thing though is um, me as like um, a casual Funhouse fan, also being older, um, I don't see them. I don't look up to them in any way. And matter of fact, I don't like a lot of them except for Elise. <laughs> So um, when it happened, I was more curious about it than anything. But seeing the fucking meltdown some of these kids were having about the thing, it's like there really is like a mental health crisis in, in the maybe not just the United States, but the Western world from what I can see based around this is like fucking holy shit, parasitic social relationships and the mental health, lack of mental health access is going to destroy fucking society. I can see it like there's no coming back from it. It's so bad. And like I don't I'm not trying to blame the individual. I'm getting tired of people trying to blame people individually. This is like a societal failing. But it's just uh oh man, like this is like, your only coping mechanism is tainted and your only coping mechanism is watching like some fucking nerds on YouTube. Oh man, I'm sorry. I also don't understand how to taint your coping mechanism. It's me, it's just like <laughs> dork and you move on with your life. Yeah, for me, I'm just like, ha, that's pretty funny. <laughs> like oh, that's a w- weird way to go down. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, the one dude that was grooming people, that's like, you, you maybe you're a piece of shit. But the oh, other guy that, is just like, ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. unless he's uh, unless he did uh, post his wife without her authorization. Yeah, that's, that's he's not a piece too. of shit. Yeah, but still, it's more like <laughs> dork. Well, like when I first heard about it, I immediately was like, oh, I'm gonna go check out these nudes. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he was getting real kinky with it too. I think that's what was upsetting some of the audience that was younger, because he was doing like butt play and stuff, and I was oh. like. Oh damn! Get it, son. <laughs> but he was being catfish. He had, a, he had an Xbox controller up there. No, like he like he was using the proper tools. He's an adult. <laughs> you don't want to mess around with weird stuff. But uh, I don't know. Is <laughs> is a pretty um, a funny, not funny experience, but interesting to me to see because that's the thing is like Rooster Teeth and most internet companies try to cult- cultivate the quote-unquote community right we're a community but you're not a community guys like there's a community it's a two-way street you get input and you know you get to participate in stuff (laughs) this is a company they participate with their money (laughs) yeah you participate to the level where they take your money and then they provide you with content you know like um any other 
a TV show, a movie, anything like that. You, it's not a community. That's just the way they trick you into uh, giving them money every month. So yeah, now you feel like you're Join our part Patreon. of something. Yeah, we're a cult, not a community. We're upfront about it. <laughs> this is absolutely a money-making organization <laughs> through your desperation. So, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't blame the kids for being upset. For I blame the company for cultivating that relationship and um, our society at large for making these the, the, the completely acceptable known conditions of 25 and younger kids right now you know what i mean i mean yeah that's being 30 and younger age, i don't know i don't know I, I think there's a lot of people even our age are like yeah I, jk rowling destroyed me yeah i mean well, i had a little a, bit younger than us maybe but well yeah i have a friend had a friend who's only a few years younger than me and she was um pretty obsessive about pop culture stuff that like thing things transpiring with regards to things she liked would affect her like um um, very strongly emotionally like even if it was behind the scenes stuff you know what i mean it's like stuff that like really shouldn't it's not yeah like like there's a there's a level where it's like oh yeah it's okay to be like that sucks and you know I, you know, I wish it didn't happen, but if it goes much beyond that, then yeah, you need like, to examine your attachment to the, the, the media, I think. Yeah, well, that's not a healthy way to consume media at all or relate to media. I know I come across as like completely anti-consumer all the time on the podcast. Obviously, I can't be completely anti-consumer because there's no way to really do that. And our podcast is watch about watching consumer products, basically. Plus, I know how many Transformer toys you've bought in over the years. I have to fucking love the fucking design and like engineering that goes into new Transformer toys. Like, have you ever have seen you, uh, some of the masterpiece ones? Oh my oh fucking my, god! Beautiful. Have you seen like with the with three D printing? There's uh, people doing their own custom Transformer uh, toys, and they're fucking amazing. Yeah, some That's, of them are insane. We're digressing. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. So there's the consumer product that has its hook hooks in me forever. There's something about the shape and design about of Transformers and just the concept of it that. Uh, it like hits the right notes in my brain you know what i mean or i'm just like wow look at the colors i love their blocky feet and then for them to be able to design the toys now in such a way that they can actually resemble the cartoon perfectly is shocking to me you know what i mean because mm-hmm. there's so much complexity in the design now it's amazing but uh, yeah that's that's you know so anyways yeah i'm a consumer too we all are a little bit but um, I, there's clearly healthy ways to consume media and um, unfortunately, because there's not much, there's not actual communities for people anymore. Right. I mean, I think the community consumption and the people's attachment to it in a lot of ways is just a symptom of. Yeah, of it's a capitalism. Breaking, yeah, the capitalism breaking everything. Yeah. It's uh, late stage capitalism, I guess. Um, I don't know how to fix it. Cyberpunk um, 2077. It makes, it. Me, makes me sad. <laughs> Makes me sad for the kids. Makes me sad for my friend. Cause she was bright and smart, all other ways, com- you know, completely normal, good friends. But like, I don't know. She was just way too sensitive about things that had very little effect on her. You know what I mean? It was just, it's a consumer product. Well, she, you she you a, can, you know can I mean? you consume it and throw it away. Things, right? And uh, I don't know. And with, uh, Without the lack, or I mean, with the lack of community, the lack of, you know, real attachment. Um, I, I, well, think- I guess that's what bothers me is uh, she did have 
kind of a rough childhood. She does have a traumatic past, and it was clear that these air quote communities that pop up around this consumer media shit are taking advantage of it. And like that's what bothers me because like yeah, that's a a corporation directly taking advantage of my friend that I got to see in real time. You know what I mean? It's not like she can afford to have another another avenue, even if she wanted to try the therapy about certain things or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not like she could afford that. She's poor like me, so trapped in this unhealthy relationship that you don't even get to participate in. That's like she went to Japan one time and she came back with a hat that said catch flights, not feelings, which is like, yeah, that's a cute little slogan. But then I sat and thought about it more. And it's that's like, hi, I'm a consumer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, unexamined life is not worth living. Yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, <laughs> damn, I bummed myself out thinking about my friends. Yeah, you did. You bummed yeah. me out, too. Yeah. Son of a bitch. All right. Well, let's talking about something that's not a bummer. We'll talk about something that's stupid as shit. Chud? <laughs> chud too. Bud the Chud. Bud the Chud. Bud the Chud. I'm sure we'll talk about more depressing stuff throughout, but. Uh... Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Prepare for horror, laughs, and thrills in this outrageous sequel to the home video hit Chud. Chud 2. Bud the Chud. Starring Brian Robbins from Head of the Class, Garrett Graham of Police Academy 6, Robert Vaughn, Bianca Jagger, Larry Linville of Match, and many other popular stars. A dead body is nothing to be afraid of. He's suave. Are you heterosexual? <laughs> He's charming. <laughs> He's different. Well, he eats people. I guess that could be interpreted as personality quirk. He's Bud the Chud, a half-dead decomposing humanoid, the result of a military experiment gone haywire. Now he's loose on the town, spreading the horrifying Chud disease everywhere. <laughs> what in the wide world of sports is going on in here? The army, the police, and the FBI can't seem to stop this ravenous plague. But a group of clever kids might just chill the Chuds. Unreal. Chud 2. This Chuds for you. Let's get the hype going, boys. The hype train on twitch.tv. Um subscribe to twitch prime baby <laughs> but the show came out in 1989 um and it was filmed in 1987 though uh originally scheduled for theaters but it came out as um home video so you already know what you're getting into if it was scheduled for theaters but came out on home video two years later hmm it's a classic <laughs> it's only got 4.1 stars on imdb though <laughs> bullshit <laughs> A military experiment to create a race of super warriors goes awry, and legions of murderous zombies are unleashed upon a suburban neighborhood. Night of the Creeps. <laughs> That's a lot of zombie movies. Um, yeah, they're all like, everyone's afraid of the military in the 80s. No one trusted Reagan. He's going to make zombies. Oh, no, zombies. <laughs> Reagan zombies. Yeah. So it's uh, only a loose sequel to Chud, the original. Pretty much just the name. Um, like the first film, Chad, of course, stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. Uh, there's another uh, contamination hazard urban disposal that comes up in the first one, but they don't mention that one again because it's not as good. 
No, no, it's definitely not. Um, those people who are familiar with being online will also know that Chud is now uh, quite often a derogatory term for uh, alt-right, conservative, right-wing um, dweebs on the internet and call them Chuds. Yeah, I mean, when we were growing up on the internet, it was even like a term for people that were just like uh, the typical internet dweller. That yeah, neckbeards, uh, yep. troglodytes, that sort of thing. Yeah, so it still actually really kind of still has the same connotation. It's just... Uh, they're being more honest about it. Yeah, the the, <laughs> the blanket of who it encompasses is more well known or larger at this point, but it's all it's been around since the internet's been around. It seems like yeah, because I knew the derogatory term before I'd seen this movie. I think. Yeah, me too. Who directed this joint? Not the man who directed the first one. I'll tell you that it's a a dude named David Irving. Not to be confused with a uh, somewhat prominent racist and Holocaust denier of the same name. Hmm. Are yes. you sure? Can we be positive about this? Have yes, we seen I'm, them in the same place at the same time? I made sure. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. In fact, this David Irving who directed the film is Polish-Russian Ashkenazi Jew himself. Hmm. But I can't be too certain. David Irving, the Holocaust denier, is also named David Irving. And he does not believe in the Holocaust. Or I guess he's one of those guys that uh, the numbers are a little... We just we we just don't trust the numbers, <laughs> even though the Nazis. Like that's the problem. Well, the whole thing too with that is like the Nazis took meticulous notes about yeah, it. Yeah, you know those Germans. <laughs> <laughs> They're notoriously shoddy record keepers. <laughs> yeah, we think the numbers were fudged. There wasn't even that many Jewish people in Europe. Okay, you fucking dummy. <laughs> As if that make a difference. There's actually only a million Jews that were killed for being Jewish. Oh, so, wow. Well, then, you know what? That absolves Hitler. He yeah. did the right thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> and those million Jews were all criminals for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, some of them were also homosexuals. I believe they were liberals. They were teaching socialists. Communism at the Berlin University. Bah, 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 bah. They're part of the Frankfurt School. Uh, so he, this dude directed musicals and shit before... Chubbud the Chud, Emperor's New Clothes, Live Action Sleeping Beauty, Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> and then he started doing, after that, he started doing documentary shorts about, like, um, uh, not very well-known painters. So, weird career. <laughs> He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I need some money. Let's make Chud, too. Yeah, I don't I, I tried to find information about, like, how he got involved in it. And, like, there's nothing. There's actually not too much information about this movie. Um, this David Irving's family is full of like actors, producers, and writers, etc. So he's just all up in the fucking movie biz. He's also currently the chairman of the Department of Undergraduate Film and Television for the Tisch School of the Arts at New York University. So you know Ooh, what they say? What to do, do, do. You know what they say? Those who cannot do teach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he also co-wrote the textbook producing and directing the short film and video and another textbook called fundamentals of film directing which is uh that's like save the cat guy where like he no wrote... i don't i mean he didn't <laughs> i'm pretty sure he... <laughs> save the cat guy wrote like two shitty movies and he's like all right now here's how you write a movie boys and girls. <laughs> I'm going to give this guy, I'm going to give David Irving more credit because he didn't call his book save the fucking cat <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, he also wrote a series of novels about life in academia, which is boring as shit. 
not punk rock. It's, uh, yeah, David but if Irving, his life in academia is set on, on a Martian university, huh? Well, then so that changes everything. <laughs> That's just an episode of Futurama. Shit. Yeah, this guy is one of those boring academic people. And Twitter's full of them. Not punk rock. Not normally what's associated with these 80s. Like, yeah, But you know who is punk rock? John Lydon. Donald Trump's <laughs> <laughs> John Lydon. Johnny Rotten. Yep. <laughs> he's been a fucking prick the, his entire life Ollie, he's just a reactionary like self-promoter guy you know what i mean like i don't i don't think he has ever had one political belief in his life he's just like i'm wearing a mega shirt <laughs> that'll show those yanks i'll be on the news <laughs> he's also like completely crazy at this point in his life like the last interview i saw with him a couple years ago he was just Fucking office tits crazy. You should be listening to the Dead Kennedys anyways. <laughs> Have you seen the Dead Kennedys official Twitter? No, is it bad? It's all just Biden memes and shit. Whatever, fuck them. Well, they're great. Well, <laughs> At this the, point, I don't care. Well, I mean, Jello's not in the band anymore, so that's the problem. Oh. Except for that's what a disappointment from East Bay Ray. He ended up being like every other asshole from Berkeley. He was just like, hey, drink a little Fruitopia and vote for the liberals. <laughs> That's half our family. Yeah, I know. You're born in Berkeley. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> That's the our problem. family was born in Berkeley. Yeah, our <laughs> one side of our family was in the Bay Area for like a hundred years. We oh, kings sure, of the Bay Area. King. Well, a great grandma lived through the uh, San Francisco fire in 1906. Yeah, uh, she broke her leg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then they rode out the fire on uh, her dad's fishing boat. My great great-grandfather our great-great-grandfather yeah what a story that's some that's some family history for him thoroughly bay area from the bay all over the place yeah well we are um yeah the dead kennedy's twitter thing though is like yeah it's not as bad as johnny rotten obviously because it's like if there was a Misfits official Twitter and all they did was post memes about Steven Spielberg movies. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you guys uh, really kind of lost your spirit, huh? But yeah, Joe's not in the band anymore and he was kind of the political leader anyway. So, whatever. Um, whatever. Back to the movie. Written by a man named Ed Naha. Naha. That's a pen name. No, actually, he wrote this under a pen name named M. Kane Jeeves. <laughs> that was his nom de plume for this movie. That's a great one. M. K. Jeeves? M. Kane Jeeves. Kane? Oh, yeah. perfect. Um, anyhow, uh, his screen work includes two screenplays for Roger Corman, Oddballs and Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, hmm. and wow. three scripts for producer Charles Banch, Troll, Dolls, Spellcaster, so he's thoroughly ingrained in the shitty low budget yeah, garbage. So. Uh, uh, however, Naha achieved his greatest success through a screenplay collaboration with Dolls director Stuart Gordon. Also, remember Stuart Gordon? He's a little man who made a little film called Reanimator. Reanimator. And someone named Brian Usna on the script for a comedy science fantasy feature called The Teeny Weenies. Are you familiar with this film? Vaguely, but I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, that's probably because it actually became the family-friendly franchise. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh. <laughs> that was just the original name, apparently. 
Uh, he also ended up serving as the writer and producer of the TV show for Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when it, that happened. Ugh, that was not a good show. And The Adventures of Sinbad, which is a cartoon I do not remember. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it was Adventures of Sinbad, the uh, the comic, the stand-up comic about him and his life, traveling around the country, solving crimes and doing stand-up comedy. Hell yeah. I'd watch that. How did I miss <laughs> it? <laughs> it was a pirate show. <laughs> came Sinbad out at the same the time. It wasn't at the same time like that weird uh, Peter Pan and the Lost Boys or whatever. Yeah, Adventures of Captain Hook or whatever it was called. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, I'm not familiar with it, I don't think. Um, so uh, recently, though, I've seen on his uh, IMDb there, he's been uh, writing the screenplays for three titles in what is known as the Epic Stories of the Bible series. So he's got like Noah, Ten Commandments, and some other shit. And I was like, did this fucking weirdo become religious? Well, didn't didn't you see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and all that subtext? Is it about Jesus? It's basically the classic story of, of Abraham. Because he had Abraham had to shrink his sons? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Naha actually started off as a staff writer and editor, editor for the science fiction film magazine called Starlog. Ooh, Starlog. And under the pseudonym John Bonham, he edited the first issue of Starlog's sister magazine, which is Fangoria, much more well-known than Starlog. Fangoria actually even still exists today and doesn't sound stupid like Starlog. <laughs> Starlog does sound dumb. Yeah. Uh, he's also written more than 25 novels in the horror, mystery, and science fiction genres, including the Traveler science fiction series. Are you familiar oh, with that one? Yeah, I don't know if I ever, I know that one. Oh. He also Ew. did the... Uh, no, I don't... I'm, I tried to look into it, and I was like, this doesn't sound like anything. Yeah, no, I would probably have never heard of it. He also has the wonderful distinction of being one of those guys who got to do the novelization of movies. Ugh. Some of his best work, in my opinion, would be Ghostbusters 2 and the first two Robocop movies. They novelized Ghostbusters 2? Yeah. I, mean, I haven't read any of them, but I just assume those are the best because uh, it's Ghostbusters and Robocop. I I really don't want to read his Traveler series. Anybody that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to novelize Ghostbusters 2. Your personal writing, I have no interest in. Well, I don't think he's like, hell yeah, I'm ready to do it. I'm sure they were like, hey man, here's the $200,000. Do you want to write some garbage? We already have the screenplay. And he was like, yeah, you bet. (laughs) (laughs) He also has some nonfiction. Uh, One of them is called uh, The Science Fictionary, which I'm guessing is probably about the history of science fiction. Uh, The other one would be the films of Roger Corman, Brilliance on a Budget, which is about Roger Corman. Hmm, Weird. And his Which final nonfiction book is called The Making of Dune. Ugh. I forgot to check to see if it's about the David Lynch Dune, the Jodorowsky Dune that never got made, or uh, perhaps some the other TV Dune show. that never happened. Yeah. There was a TV show too, wasn't there? No, you're thinking of uh, Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> They're very similar. <clears throat> yeah, same shit. Same shit, same shit. Yeah, so anyways, this guy uh, seems completely appropriate to have written the sequel to Bud the Chud as opposed to the director. I straight up do not understand how this guy ended up directing this movie. I Neither do I. He had to... One of the producers knew him or some. I don't know. 
Let's talk about the cast, which has also got some pretty big surprises in it as far as uh, the relative importance of the human being <laughs> <laughs> in the United States, anyway, since uh, all yeah, these guys are all famous Europe, in Europe. Well, no, in the United States, your importance is completely tied to the amount of uh, wealth and uh, societal lineage you have. I guess it is the same thing in most of Europe, too, right? I don't, I don't know if you can name a country where it's not, like, at least not a country people would think it was uh, a modern first world country and i mean it's kind of like the 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 joke of capitalism and even like places like china which is just a capitalist country let's be honest with ourselves yeah state capitalism (laughs) it's not communism everyone loves it just because it's oh they're in opposition to the united states no not they just like making money and that reminds me i saw someone's tweet the other day that was like Think of the color of your skin and the privilege it gives you. Think of how tall you are, your weight, et cetera, et cetera, and the privilege it gives you. And it's like, what can you do with that privilege? And I was like reading it, and obviously I do have all these things that benefit me, right? But like, I don't know. Like, then it was like, oh, still turns out absolutely nothing because I don't have any wealth or like family power. So I guess it didn't really matter that much, did it? Oh, shit. Not to just like hand wave it away or whatever, but like no, there's not shit I can do either. I don't, I don't have any power. That's my thing about not blaming the individual anymore. I'm not trying to absolve people that are like actively denying their privilege or actively racist or anything. It's like, well, you know what? I can't do anything about it. Sorry, I have to suffer too. Everyone suffers. <laughs> Sorry, like fucking, I, there's no solution. So <laughs> I guess maybe stop blaming the individual we bend together and try to figure something out but i'm getting real kind of tired of hearing about uh like how it's white women's fault no it's black men's fault no it's this class this group of people's fault well no it doesn't seem to be the case it doesn't seem like anyone has any actual power does it well i mean the honest answer is it's rich people's fault yes exactly well not even it's you know it's just a it's even more nuanced than that you know it's all these weird entrenched interests that uh, work together without even really meaning to work together uh, because it's worked that way for a, you know the last 400 years or so. Now that all these moving parts are in motion and no one really has any interest in changing it because it still benefits the people that are in charge. Yeah, especially when you get a little taste of it too. Like even if you're just like a news broadcaster on MSNBC, once you're like that close to it, you're like, you know what? It already benefits me enough not to even advocate for any change ever brilliant it's a brilliant system we've worked out speaking of uh, people who get a little taste of power who's the star of this film it's one mr brian robbins uh he plays a character named steve brian robbins robbins does that name ring a bell yeah but i don't know why <clears throat> to me i fucking i don't know that's some just regular ass white dude's name right Check it out. He's in every cliche 80s TV show and sitcom you can think of. Oh, man. He sounded and looked really familiar the entire time. Like, he's got growing pains or some shit. Check like, it out. Well, here's a specific thing. Around the time that he does Bud the Chud, he gets the starring role in Head of the Class. Oh, fuck. I remember Head of the Class. That motherfucker that does iCarly was in Head of the Class, right? That's right. Creeper Dan Schneider was also in Head of the Class. Um, this guy, Brian Robbins, similar to Dan Schneider, went on to become a ridiculously successful film producer. Uh, even more successful than Dan Schneider. Brian Robbins has That's good because he's a terrible fucking actor. 95 producing credits for Brian Robbins. Uh, Dan Schneider, prominent writer and producer, mostly created content for Nickelodeon. Interestingly, Brian Robbins and Dan Schneider have some crossover with their early producer work, like all that and the Amanda Bynes show, stuff like that. 
Um, and uh, Brian Robbins is currently the president of Nickelodeon. Oh my god! So, <laughs> what does that probably tell you about Brian Robbins? He's a creeper. That's right. <laughs> Him and Dan Schneider in it together. Out there Double looking at feet, little girls' feet. Mm-hmm. Well, he obviously did, gave the green light for all that content, right? Well, I mean, I don't think he personally reviews every episode. Yeah, but he set his friend up to just like go wild with it, right? Well, I mean, part of the problem too is that he Dan helped Schneider cover Smith. up Jamie Lynn Spears' pregnancy. <laughs> God damn it! That was on the Disney Channel. <laughs> oh no, that's Nickelodeon, wasn't it? No, no, the, the Britney Spears, the, the Joey. The, you're talking about the Zoe 101. That was on the Disney Channel with uh, Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh. Yeah. Whatever. Sorry. Yeah, you this, can't pin that one on him. <laughs> doesn't matter. It's all the same shit as like K-pop, right? Where it's just a fucking machinery of capitalism exploiting children in any way possible. Fucking disgusting. They yeah. don't even have to be pedophiles for it to be as disgusting as it is. The very existence of it and how it operates is fucking disgusting because they're already exploiting children. It's terrible. I've been learning so much about K-pop recently, and I'm fucking pissed off about it. <laughs> well, K-pop is basically a factory. Yes. Well, that's what Nickelodeon and Disney were trying to do for a long time. They've backed away from it a little bit, I think, but it's like, alright, we're going to exploit these children, turn our audience into consumers as quickly as possible. Well, Nickelodeon only employs uh, SpongeBob SquarePants these days, so... But they were trying it. I saw them try it for years. It just didn't work out. <laughs> Because none of the kids they got were also very good singers, apparently. I don't know. I'm actually, it probably had more to do with the production team. It's like, yeah, yeah you know the, what I mean? They just didn't have the, the, uh, they didn't have the hot beats. Line. They're like, let's just make everything sound like everything else. K pop, by the way. All K pop sounds the same. <laughs> What's the deal? What's the deal? K pop stands. Why you like weird shit? Oh, I'm sorry. It's because of the mental health crisis. I already talked about it. <laughs> Now, I think the K-pop thing is something completely different. Those people are just weird. Uh, no, I think they're living vicariously through a parasocial uh, relationship, too, and investing all their mental energy in it to keep them safe and um, border themselves from the, the true nature of reality and having to face, you know, human consequences. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Just read books, books like a normal person. Yeah, just escape into books. <clears throat> I'm gonna stare at this piece of paper and well, I mean the thing, yeah. I mean books rule, and obviously I love movies and shit. But the difference is, um, I prefer like getting into the thick of it and getting into the mess of real life over anything else. You know what I mean? I go into parties, getting in fights, and falling in and out of love, and like having sex, and sometimes getting yelled at, and you know what I mean? Like regular ass real life meat shit is like what I am into. I prefer that more than. Anything else? I like Man, other people. I don't people. get yelled at at all, period, anymore. Don't yell at me. <laughs> don't yell at me. I'm sensitive. <laughs> actually, I've actually not never once in my life ever liked being yelled at exactly. You know what I mean? Even ever since I was a little kid, it made me like pretty uncomfortable. But it's like part of being alive, kind of. You know what I mean? There's going to be confrontation and you got to deal with it. Um, and no, if you yell at me, you're going to deal with it. Well, yeah. I mean, now that I'm older, instead of like getting upset and like uh, all in myself, like fucking. Now it's like, all right, cool. We get to fight. <laughs> we get to have an argument. So I kick the ears off, fucking Mike Tyson style. Yeah, I don't know. I love. Like, headbutt the, you, Holy stuff. I love like the thick of humanity more than I do. Uh, consumer story selling, I guess. No, I don't like the thick of humanity. 
And also, like, fucking, you're never gonna hear a scarier story than, like, fucking some shit that happened to your girlfriend that she tells you, like, one spooky night at four in the morning after you've been drinking all night. You'll never see it. You'll there'll never be a movie as scary as, like, your, your girlfriend telling you some weird story that happened to her. <laughs> there'll never be anything as scary as that. Let's make a movie about that. No, it'll ruin it. <laughs> it's called La Llorona. <laughs> Tried to put it in the Conjuring universe or some shit. <laughs> I, don't um, I don't think horror movies need to have cinematic universes. That's just me. I don't think anything needs it. I, I guess it makes sense for comic books because there's already like all the crossover and shit, anyways. But I, it's so weird that they tried to do it with like everything for a second. I think they quickly realized like mm, it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> Since they tried the dark universe, right? We're bringing Tom, back the uh, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise. Bring back the Universal monsters, so they can make a superhero movie. Because <laughs> it would have just ended up being the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, right? <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like when I yeah. heard about it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's like Alien versus Predator isn't a horror movie. It's not as bad as everyone says it is. It's not a horror movie though. That's an action movie. So, like, the Dark Universe wouldn't have been a horror universe. It would have been an action movie with horror icons in it, you know, because they were going to treat them like superheroes and shit. How can you not if you're going to have a cinematic universe with all these characters coming back again and again, you know what I mean? Wolfman scaring the mummy (laughs) and the audience. (laughs) Mummy came in my house. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Also, this film has... um, one more surprise we'll get to. But uh, Bill Calvert plays Kevin. He did TV before this and TV after this. Uh, nothing impressive at all that I saw. Uh, it's still a more per, uh, impressive filmography than me, but you know what I mean? Like, eh. <laughs> eh. He has a background part in Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi trilogy. So maybe he knows Sam Raimi. <laughs> <laughs> but Sam is like, you're not good enough to be in anything. Yeah, you're not even going to get a Bruce Campbell-like cameo. You're just going to play Fireman number one. (laughs) Then we got uh, Trisha Lee Fisher, who plays Katie. She kept acting, still acting today, mostly TV. I do not recognize her from anything else. But she's in, like, regular-ass TV shows, so whatever. But I don't watch TV, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Garrett Graham, he plays Bud the Chud. We saw already saw him in a very small part in Chopping Mall. Remember, there's the two technicians that are supposed to run the robots, but they're just like masturbating and shit. Oh, yeah. They're just in their office finger popping each other's assholes. They're they're playing grab ass. Yeah. So he's one of those guys. He's also in Police Academy 6 as a character named Ace. I do not remember Police Academy 6 very well, so I don't know. Which one is 6? Is that Manhattan? No, 6 was the subtitle for it was like... Mm, troops on the loose or something like that. Oh, 100%. That's like one of the ones about Mahoney that nobody watches. Yeah. The one I remember watching the most was like Citizens on Patrol, right? Yeah. Because that's the one, the first one with Bobcat or the first one where Bobcat was on the cops? I think the second one is Bobcat's the bad guy and Citizens on Patrol is the third one. He comes back as a good guy. Alright, so the second and the third one are the two good ones then. I don't know if and we'll then of watch course he comes back for the fourth one, which I believe is the Blimp Race one. The ending is the Blimp Race. Oh, Yeah. I remember that one. I remember the cover of that video specifically. Let's see. Oh, he's also Child's Play 2. He plays the foster dad in Child's Play 2. That's pretty good. And then, yeah, he's in, like, every TV show ever, too, from, like, the 90s and the 2000s. 
So I that's we I mentioned it before, but I guess the um renaissance of TV was seems to be been really good for actors because there's always like some production you can get dropped on. It seems like so that must be nice. You know, get a steady paycheck. Yeah, keep your guild dues up, get that healthcare. Yeah, why not? You stay alive. Good for them. I guess that's the uh, funding for the arts. <laughs> It's just unfortunately, there's not any funding to get uh, any kids to start acting. So eventually, or you know, play instruments or yeah. paint or draw, yeah, or anything, Sing. anything really. So eventually, we just won't have those things. Enjoy it while it lasts. Enjoy your movies and your Transformers toys while they last. <laughs> <laughs> um, final surprise: fucking Robert Vaughn is in the movie. No big deal. It's just Robert Vaughn. <laughs> He's, of course, uh, most famously the man from Uncle, right? That TV show, I guess. Uh, but he's also in Bullet with Steve McQueen. He's and fucking he's in the Magnificent Seven. It's Robert Vaughn. Yeah, he also is like the only man that is like realizes what kind of movie he's in. It seems like to me. Oh, yeah, he's having fun. <laughs> I guess we talked about it before. It's the classic TV Western crime actor hits oh, big, yeah. and then the pipeline to the '80s, right? But Robert Vaughn is like he was on a different level because he was like. His fame was the same levels like Steve McQueen and shit for a long time. He just really tapered off in the 70s and ended up in Bud the Chud in the 80s. But it is, I guess it still is that like TV Western to 80s horror pipeline we've talked about. Yeah, but I'm, I'm he's exactly the shit of it. Mm. <laughs> and it like, came out to VHS. And like, like the amount of fame Robert Vaughn had at one point is like, this is, this is a big leading man. You know what I mean? This isn't just some like, TV Western actor. That's how he started. But like, um, here's a fact about him, I guess, to like solidify the the, the social currency he had as a, an actor at one point. So the California Democratic Party originally wanted, wanted him <clears throat> to challenge Ronald Reagan for governor. Even though Vaughn, yeah. were, Vaughn was a liberal Democrat and disliked Reagan, he refused and instead stood behind Governor Brown, who lost the election to Reagan. Hell no. <laughs> is that the same Jerry Brown? Yeah, it is. So he like lost and then he came back and then he'd come back. Yeah, he was governor. I, my back. recollection of this is he he was governor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he ran on his term limit because like, there's rules in California. You can only have two terms, I think. I can't remember. I don't know their fucking constitution offhand or what used to be our constitution, I guess. But yeah. um, so he ran for, against Reagan to. Uh, oh, no, no. He wasn't. Was it a senator? No, it was governor. He lost the governorship to Reagan, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and then he just came back like years and years later and to do it again. Yeah, because he was governor when we were kids. Right. He was governor again when Reagan was president from like 85 to 2000. And then he... Fucking, is he still governor now? No, no, he left. <laughs> but he was until like 2010? Well, no, I mean, they, well, he left in like the 90s at one point, right? And then mm-hmm. there's a whole string of other people. And then Schwarzenegger showed up and oh, like yeah. wrecked the government. And then he's like, all right, I guess I'll fix it. Fucking get from Jerry Brown. I don't, was, he, was he governor when we were kids? I can't. I don't have to look it up. I swear. Yeah. Well, he, he's I been in he and out. I think he's been in and out of office. Like it's a revolving door for him. He's like ah, coming back for the paycheck. But he's uh, the head of the Sway Denim Secret Police. Remember? No. Do you know what California Uber Alice? The dead oh, kid son? yes. <laughs> it's all about what if uh, there was a left wing authoritarian takeover of California. <clears throat> or I guess not left wing, but um, liberal. But he's a little bit left of most of 
Democrats at the time, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember too much about Governor Jerry Brown. Um, here's a quote by Robert Vaughn, which is pretty cute. He said, with the modest amount of looks and talent and a more than a modicum of serendipity, I've managed to stretch my 15 minutes of fame into more than half a century of good fortune. That's super nice and modest of him, I think. Yeah, I mean... I feel like that's how I feel about it. Guy. Yeah, if I just suddenly became a famous actor, I'd be like... Yeah, I, can't, I wouldn't be shit. able to explain it. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so you got fucking lucky there, huh? Dodged a bullet, huh? <laughs> Things were looking pretty bad, but luckily I was discovered by Sam Raimi, of all people. <laughs> Put me in a new Spider-Man film. Spider-Man in, into the multiverse. I'm going to play uh, Mac Gargan, but I want to be Venom, not Scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> He's also the Hobgoblin at one point, wasn't he? Gargan? No, he wasn't. Oh, I thought he was. I thought he'd been like a bunch of villains. Maybe it's no. just Scorpion and Venom. I think he was just, he might have been one of the person. Maybe, or maybe it was Jack O' Lantern. I don't know. Jack O' Lantern is another one of those guys. Oh, maybe like, it, that was it. I know he was something adjacent to pumpkins. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Hobgoblin has only really been Roderick Kingsley, who's really been Hobgoblin the entire time. And then so they had that Ned, Ned Lead, Marino, uh, Spider Man's friend, mm-hmm. uh, was framed. Framed as the Hobgoblin framed the first time. Yeah. And then uh, since then, like Roger Kingsley, I, I've only read of Spider-Man every once in a while, but he's, I believe he's used a series of mind-controlled dummies to impersonate himself as the Hobgoblin while he just sits back on his island and drinks rum or some shit. Man, comic books are weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just like when Matt Gargan is Venom because he's eating people and shit. Venom should always be eating people. They should make Venom scary as fuck. No, he's, eating a guy. he's like an anti-hero. You can only eat bad guys. No, he was working for Norman Osborn at the Thunderbolts. That's the period <laughs> I like because he's eating people and shit. <laughs> Eat them. Uh, who else? Is, who else? Who else? Who else? We also got um, Bianca Jagger and Mick Jagger's wife who appears in the very last scene of the film and that's it. Oh, yeah. And the driving the truck. Yep. <clears throat> and director David Irving's mother, actress Priscilla Pointer, made a brief appearance in a cameo role. So I don't know what. <laughs> there you go. There's the cast. There's a bunch of other people in the movie, but who cares? Because they're, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, oh, Steve's parents and a uh, guy who gets bit by Bud. Uh, I do like the one lady, the first victim of Bud, though, the lady that's aerobicizing and like, fuck it, I'll smoke a cigarette. Where's that cat at? We're about to eat dinner. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. She was She's having like, maybe you doing it feel good. I'm doing it because I eat like a pig and I drink like a fish. Yeah. Like, she was fun. Like, she was legit. She was having like kill killer ass Friday night, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm down. And then she's gonna eat her cat when she got turned into a zombie, which isn't very nice. But I guess when you're a zombie, you lose all your morals. Except uh, uh what's his face? Steve didn't right. He's like, oh, I'm gonna leave now. Bye, friends. I guess you should you should fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Although I like to think the other kid like just realized that Steve left and he wrote it himself. <laughs> He's like, yeah, and he turned into a zombie or some shit too. <laughs> yeah, he says we should bank. <laughs> His booty stank. <laughs> um, and also, Bud isn't like super outwardly dangerous in the very beginning either, right? When they first wake him up, he's just kind of like, whatever, I'm gonna get the dog. Yeah, he was, and then for some reason, he's like, I want to kill everybody. I mean, because you gotta get you gotta set the plague in motion, but yeah, I don't know why he didn't kill his parents. He turns into parents. like the, the worst stalker in the world. 
Yeah, and does he specifically want to eat Steve's booty or what? Is that why he's wandering after him? Or is he like, Dad, I need food, Dad. <laughs> no, he wants KT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that he got the picture. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tears off the edges of it to get Katie. <laughs> it's some real King Kong shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She do be looking good, though, in that swimsuit. Not going to lie. Yeah, but you know that's not a swimsuit that like the high school is going to let you have in 1988. <laughs> no, I'm surprised they let it be filmed in 1988, to be honest. But it's a pretty good swimsuit. I'm, I'm a fan of it. Um, Feels weird because <clears throat> she's probably quite a bit younger than me when this movie was made. But uh, to absolve myself of the creepy feelings, uh, it's mostly I like the swimsuit. I don't, I don't particularly like that it's on like a 19-year-old girl. I can take, about this before, I right? can take like or leave Jennifer that part <laughs> in Labyrinth. Yeah, like I was a little kid when I had a trust crush on Jennifer Connelly. She's still older than me. Is it okay still? Or <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I think it's there's is something. Um, yeah, that's the thing about Winona is um, I had such a big crush on Winona Ryder that uh, as a kid that when I go back and watch her as young Winona, even though she's still very young, I'm just like, oh, waifu. But in this movie, um, since I don't have like the actual like no yeah quote unquote relationship with the girl, it, it really is just like I, I don't. It doesn't need to be on a nineteen year old girl. I just think that swimsuit looks pretty cool. Probably, Put her on the robosizing lady. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's fine. I liked her. Put it on her. She looked good. She's staying in shape, eating with her cat. I just like because she she's seemed about like to get a pizza. I'm. <laughs> she seemed like like a. I've I've known that woman. You know what I mean. She's a real one. <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of friends that are exactly like that. And she's like, "Fuck this aerobic. Some kind of short smoke a cigarette." There's <laughs> a fucking cat. I'm lonely. And she all she needed to do is like uh, also have like a bump of like ketamine ready, and she'd be like one of my ex girlfriends, <laughs> fucking ready to go. <clears throat> uh, yeah, originally intended for theatrical release, the movie was released on VHS and Laserdisc. Remember Laserdisc? Yeah, they were big. Yeah, you never had one. I never knew really any knew anybody that had one. No, but I remember I used to see him at the Blockbuster, or I guess Hollywood Video. That's the one we went to more, I think. Yeah, I remember it was Carousel Video at first, and that's yeah. where uh, our sister worked, and then it became Blockbuster Video. Yep. It, like yep. Oh, what uh, was the one across the street the, from Hollywood Video? The one was like family owned. Wasn't it just like family video? That was like, that was like Sunrise or something, wasn't it? Oh, that's, yeah, I think that's right. Suncoast? No, it's not Suncoast. Suncoast mm-hmm. is a big chain. Maybe it was Sunrise. It was just like they, locally family owned, yeah. They had weird, uh, weird video games. That was the best reason to go there. Yeah. And they had um, more Transformers VHS than Blockbuster did. Oh, yeah. They had a way better selection. They had more episodes. VHS. Um. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah. So it came out in September of '89, just in time for Halloween. 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 Red So you see, it like nowadays, all the streaming sites are like, "Oh, here's a horror movie we bought at one point. We'll roll it around Halloween so people will watch it." Uh, that's what they used to do in movie theaters and with uh, VHS and DVD releases. But the Chud would be one of those examples. Nowadays, they just like, oh, yeah, here's fucking some shit we threw on Hulu. Check it out. And it's bad. <laughs> or if it's Netflix, it's, here's our million-dollar fucking miniseries Haunting of Bly Manor. It's coming out around Halloween because it's spooky. But it's not. It's just like a pretty well-put-together TV show. It's not. 
not fucking spooky. Rahul Kohli's in it. He does a good job. Check it out. Because it says, check it out. It's on Netflix. Who cares? Um, according to the blurb in November 1989 issue of Cine Fantastique. Ooh, Cine Fantastico. Director David Irving assembled several different versions of the film. One highlighting the comedy, one emphasizing the horror, and a third cut explicitly for television. Uh, I'm guessing the cut that we saw, the final cut, is probably the comedy one. I would assume so, but maybe it's the television one. It is like specifically not very graphic, which will, I would like, like to see the other cuts. I'm sure they don't exist anymore because yeah. this movie is not like it's not fucking Blade Runner. Um. Yeah, so I actually um, this is the first time we've watched a movie in a while that uh, I didn't end up liking it, and the big problem I have with it is uh, no gore and no nudity because it has every other element in it that would make it a shitty 80s horror movie right it like it's paint by numbers this this should be fucking just as dumb as any of those movies but it doesn't have the two key ingredients blood and tits yeah it's not like a gory bloodbath there's not barely any like practical effects you don't really see there's so many deaths occur off screen and then yeah there's no nudity so this not not for me and then the original chud is boring as shit like i don't like that one either so it turns out entire chud franchise useless <laughs> injected into the sun yeah the only reason we watched this one is because um the final act takes place at halloween and i saw it on tv one time and thought it was all right but who knows what i was doing at the time you know what i mean i could have been Eating spaghettios and loving it. <laughs> I'll be loving this shit, boys. I mean, it seems it's definitely one of those movies that um, you know it's October twenty seventh. Uh, yeah, you catch it on TNT or night. something. Yeah, you're you're maybe a little drunk, um, a little buzzed, a little you maybe smoked a little doobie, um, and you you got you got a little bit of food going, and you're like, oh shit, chud do. So you sit down. It's about halfway over already, and then you just enjoy yourself. Yeah, the I guess the experience for me. Uh, it's not. It, it is a bad movie. It's a pretty good bad movie, but it doesn't quite get there all the way. Uh, it was tainted for me this week because on Twitch we watched The Barn, which is um, <clears throat> a fucking terribly bad movie. Oh, but it's in, like a paint by numbers, bad but movie. in just all the right ways that I wanted it to be. <laughs> where I was like, fucking, this is apparently one of the greatest Halloween movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> We're the gardeners from hell, Kyle. Hell yeah, they even had their own theme song. But you know what? This film has a Bud the Chud theme song too, though. You yeah, can... well, if you didn't notice, I, I don't know what you're paying attention to. Obviously, not the movie. Basically, every scene that Bud is in. <laughs> or even just any zombies, really. Yeah, it's at the end of the movie. Bud's yeah, dead. The whole time for the dance fucking dance party, it's, they're already listening to Bud the Chud. Somehow it's already a radio hit. Within this the... movie's not believable. <laughs> no, it's this movie's insane. They got a lot of problems. So I first knew there was gonna be a problem when they bring home Bud and his sisters in bed to go to bed for the night, and then his parents are like, all right, like let's have dinner. And so they just don't feed the daughter. <laughs> well, then later on, the mom's like, "Your dinner's gonna get cold." <laughs> yeah, well, she was taking a nap, or what's going on? Well, how late were they eating dinner? Too, it seemed really late. Yeah. I do love that his dad's crushing a few brews at the watching TV and then oh follow up with a little bit of wine. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> I mean <laughs> this is a good that's dad, uh 
that's that was basically American life. I don't know. It's coming back with COVID, but uh, the alcoholism um, that's basically standard for the Western world. I wonder if it is making a comeback. It's got to be because, like, what else are you gonna do? And I know I drank more in the last six months than I have in a long time. Internet alcohol. Part yeah, of that's because of the damn Twitch stream. I have two actually. Well, I mean, <laughs> not comparable to like my twenties, but like since I've been relatively sober since about thirty, this is the most I've drank in a year. I'd say um, another win for big alcohol. Yeah. What are you gonna do? So what you gonna do? You're gonna get on your own grapes, uh, or your own mash, and make your own uh, whiskey or moonshine. Also, like Fine. to be honest, like I've been like um, smoking weed as much as I did when I was like fucking. 19 and like that you can grow that in the backyard glory days of smoking weed that's how much i've been smoking weed lately so i guess thanks to that corona let's see how my fucking workouts go it's fucking constantly smoking shit now Now, now see here bud the chud only has an audience score on rotten tomatoes does not have a critic score wow Wow. it's a vhs straight to video so yeah oh can you what do you think it's audience score is Low <laughs> 40. Ooh, lower 30 23 percent. Wow, I don't think, I think it's 23 percent bad. I think it's better than that. Yeah, I'd give it like 40 ish, but I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit like Leonard Malton sometimes when it comes to his movies. I'm like, ah, you, you guys, you did it, you did it, you made a movie. Good for yeah, you. Like, that's my thing too. Is like, fucking, it sucks, but it's like. I've seen, oh. we've seen worse on this podcast. Yeah, and I've said before, like the amount of like care and craft that goes e- into even like the worst movies, the worst eighties horror movies, is so much more than what goes into like even fucking Blum- most Blumhouse productions today. You know what I mean? Like, there's people in this movie that are actually trying to act. They actually fucking did set design, makeup effects. They're worried about the cinematography, the color temperature, the lighting. Um, screenplays well, <laughs> well now like they legitimately are like these this is, is especially because of how much harder it was to film a movie back then like all this shit is going on nowadays the fucking blumhouse like pumps out um the fucking movie on the weekend with like two dudes from softcore porn as the main characters you know and then like once in a while they get lucky to get out and finances them for the next 15 years <laughs> uh oh yeah in addition to 23 percent uh, no critic score. There's only two reviews from uh, actual critics. They say actual in air quotes. I mean, being a movie critic is technically that's my job right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I build myself as a. I mean, you can kind of just do it. You know what I mean? I don't mean to say these are professional critics. Now nah, you can kind of just do it. You got an no, opinion they went to and critic critics. school, and they got critic, critic <laughs> degrees. Yeah. Now, if you got opinions and you can express them uh, relatively well, you can you can be a critic. It's pretty easy. But uh, we got the first one here from uh, Felix Vasquez Jr. in 2012 for Cinema Craze. Uh, he says, "Really shouldn't exist beyond a bad memory of 80s horror," which is, mm, I mean, that's clearly in there to be the tagline for your uh, criticism. But it, it, that's just too harsh. <laughs> like, they already made the first Chud. Let him have a fun sequel. It's perfectly fine for the 80s. Uh, next, we have Sean Molvill. Molvill. Uh, he's writing for a 
something called fanboynation.com, which for some reason to wow, me, already I'm upset. It, it's, it sounds like fash to me, don't you think? Like, I cool. see fanboynation.com and I'm like, that's going to be one of those like fucking Brie Larson needs to get her nipples cut off, like, kind of fanboy <laughs> sites. Right? You know what I mean? Like, where it's going to be like really misogynistic and fashy. Ooh, yeah, I feel it. But it's, it seems completely innocuous and I didn't check out the website at all. But something about fanboynation.com, I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't think that's the place for me. Uh, but he says the cannibalistic carnage is so sanitized that it doesn't even provide the basis thrills that gorehounds would look for in a B movie piece of schlock. 2.5 out of 5. Uh, I agree with that statement completely, but I would still give it like a 3 out of 5. The what's missing for me is the gore, and it doesn't have to be gratuitous nudity. Um, I just think that aspect of 80s film was pretty funny and interesting. And like, who doesn't like to see boobs every once in a while? You know what I mean? No, nah, if you like boobs, you're a weirdo. I prefer butts, but in the 80s, pretty much all you got was boobs. So that's that. That's why uh, Return of the Living Dead is um, one of the greatest works of 80s cinema in that. Uh, it's all those numbers. Completely bottomless, Linnea Quigley, except for she's got like the apparatus so that she doesn't have a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. She's quite, looks quite a bit like a doll. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Linnea, quickly, we also saw her in the film The Barn, and shockingly, she is, doesn't appear just in one five-minute scene. No, she's in one five-minute scene and then one 30-second scene. <laughs> yeah, her head explodes into hamburger meat. <laughs> <laughs> just like in The Boys. Yep. The Boys, The Boys. That's uh, The Boys' strongest suit for me is their commitment to like the violence Four. that the superheroes yeah. are actually able to uh permeate because like that's would be the reality of the situation right you know what i mean like fucking superman would just be punching people's heads off and shit <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's kind of a whole like, they go out of the way in the comic books and, and like movies and media these days to explain that he's always pulling back right yeah but if uh if there was ever a dude actually that strong he would be a little terrifying well, yeah, I think Homelander is like the scariest television villain I've seen oh, in a long time. 100%. Because it's like no one can actually stop him from doing what he wants. And everyone is constantly just teetering on the edge of uh, hopefully he doesn't just fucking snap today. You know what I mean? And, all, and only that, he's like a dude that's constantly on the verge of snapping. Yeah. And you still feel <laughs> a little bit bad for him, too, because like his upbringing was fucking horrible. Well, yeah, it just explains why he's, he's so detached from humanity. I don't feel too bad for him. I'm mostly just like, Jesus Christ, man. I just mean, like, you feel, I don't necessarily feel bad for him now, but, like, him, when you go, they go show him as a kid, or, like, even the season finale when they showed him, like, talking to his kid. and yeah, uh, about his childhood. About his childhood, you feel a little bad for him there. But not yeah, to the point true. where I'm like, well, he doesn't deserve to die. No, you inject that. Eject that motherfucker into the sun. Like, uh. <laughs> yeah, when they first, when he, in the season finale, when they did have like that, him opening up about his childhood to his son, I was like, no, don't do this to the Homelander. Don't ruin the fucking character. And then luckily, like. No, I thought that was perfect because I didn't think it ruined <laughs> the character at all. <laughs> well, I was worried that they were going to like oh, soften like you know, him. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, no they, they still humanize him. Don't you know go I mean? that That's far. Like the perfect amount. Yeah, let's. I mean, yeah, you can. I guess my thing is, um, I already had all the context to understand why Homelander is the way he is. I didn't need him to spell it out to his kid, and the fact that they were having him like spell out to his kid oh, vis a vis the audience, I was like, oh no, they're gonna try to do something here. 
But luckily, I think it was just just to hammer home, like, oh, you get it? He's had a bad childhood too. Get it? Get it? Get it, audience? But uh, I like when Stormfront gets killed. <laughs> she's just a little like burnt up little uh, monster. <laughs> I don't know if she's dead either. Oh yeah, because she seems like an immortal or whatever, right? Well, I mean, she's like still alive at the end, and they showed that dude that regenerates limbs and shit at the beginning, and they're experimenting on him. Wasn't that in that se- this season? Like the fish man? Oh, yeah, that was earlier this season. Yeah, and they're doing lots of experiments on him, so I bet she's not dead. Oh, that sucks. I don't want to see her again. Yeah, me either. I was glad she was dead. I'm like, yeah, that was perfect. Well, I also don't want it to be like every other TV show where it's like... Well, it's gonna turn into that. There's not ever, there's not ever any resolution to anyone's fucking arc. Like, what else are they gonna do with Stormfront at this point? I, I don't know. There's really nothing left to do. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that's my problem with the second season. Anyways, is I can tell it's already starting to be like, all right, we gotta do these subplots so that well, the show can can maintain for several seasons. It's like, well, yeah, no, we're clearly done talking why, about Chad, but <laughs> why can't they just kill Homelander in season three? Yeah, <laughs> like, like why can't that just two, happen? Season two clearly is like a soft reset almost back to the beginning. Oh, right? you know what I love about uh, the end of season two is um, fucking uh, Jack Quaid. I for oh, we Huey, we Huey. I forget what his character's <laughs> name is unless I think about the comics. Um, <laughs> he's so like insignificant. Thank God. Um, his character has just spent the last two years uh seeing how completely corrupt the system is and how impossible it is to defeat except for through violence and direct action right that's the only thing that he's seen work and Vought's still completely in power so he decides i'm tired of doing anything that even has any semblance of justice and i'm gonna work within the system i was like ah you fucking loser you would do that stupid shit (laughs) i love it it's perfect ending for him i hope he gets blown up (laughs) <laughs> he's definitely not getting blown up he does not need to be in the show I cannot I straight cannot stand Jack Quaid and his little wimpy character he's way better in the comics than when he looks like Simon Pegg and he's just like, <laughs> weird British dude I'll agree with that I do like him, uh, his the, his look better in the comics he, I don't necessarily buy Jack Quaid in the role I just cannot honestly can't stand the nervous like soft boy archetype that exists in like every American this is you, audience. You want to be relatable? And it's like, nah, this kid fucking sucks. I it's all Michael Sarah's kid. fault. Exactly. I wouldn't hang out with that dude. <laughs> he seems annoying. It's, it's just like he couldn't even, like, that thing that bothers me is like, he just slept with uh, Starlight again, right? And then Butcher's like, confronts him about it. Like, not even in like a super confrontational way. And he's like, oh, I'm too nervous to say I love her. It's like, man, you're a piece of shit, you little pussy ass boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was like, I'm fucking done with this kid. And why has you got so many lines in your face? You look like you're as old as your dad, you weirdo. <laughs> he does look old as shit. Yeah. Jack. Well, Boy, I mean, that's a lot of the problem. Like, the fucking Chud movie, too. Like, Steve's got some crow feet. Well, yeah, see, well that's because he's about 35. <laughs> <laughs> he's about my age, appearing in this film, playing a high schooler. That's a tight, though, because I think I, I still look young enough that I could probably play a high schooler in a, <laughs> uh, a Hollywood film because they cast... be 90213. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll be in... Um, what was our zip code? Nine... It'll have a much different vibe to it. Because remember, they'd have... <laughs> they'd show, like, all the rich kids pulling up in their cars and shit. 
<laughs> you see like, everybody walking to school. Uh, <laughs> the train, that train with all the bass graffiti on it, like that was uh, just like stuck in the woods constantly. <laughs> I'll never see it move. <laughs> I don't think it did. <laughs> yeah, it just, that would be in the background. So. There'd be like two cars that would pull up to school. One of them would look pretty nice. That'd be the uh, drug dealer, local drug dealer. And then the pretty shitty one is <laughs> breaking down all over the place. That'd be about it. It'd be a much different, much different film. My favorite part is that the, uh, of uh, the school is that I remember they had the front gates that were like they didn't open until like eight or whatever. But the there was no back gate or no yeah, back you fence. Just walk you just walk, so everybody just walks in the back, start playing yeah. basketball. I don't know why they even locked the gate. I never why they had a gate. Never figured out. There's all just aesthetic, I guess. But then it's like, why do you lock it? You give a security guard something to do. Security guard? <laughs> you mean the custodian? We d- yeah, we didn't have security guards, <laughs> do we? High school, the high school did. No, oh, they didn't here. even. They just had the um fucking metal detectors. I don't think they had like. No, there was a cop at our high school. Oh, you don't remember that? He was. A- oh yeah, because Columbine had happened. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Before that, they didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so by the child, uh, I didn't like it there very much. Um, Kyle Hell says, Don't, I, if you already watched it, thanks for watching. But I mean, don't go out of your way to watch it unless you like want to desperately want to watch the Halloween movie that's adjacent to Halloween. But it doesn't yeah, something that's on Halloween for Halloween. Yeah. You just want to have a, a little fun time. It's a, it's, it's a perfect movie. But it doesn't even have a, like fall Halloween vibes to me either. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's not enough like foliage. Foliage. Not like Netflix's new Adam Sandler joint, Hubie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I haven't watched it either. I mean, I just can't, I can't help it. I like Adam Sandler. He's doesn't done a good movie in a long time, but oh yeah, I know. I know I'm gonna watch it because it's Halloween shit, and especially this year where I'm like, I'm watching super Halloween shit. You know, I'm definitely gonna get around to watching it. And yeah, like I still like the Sandman, like uh, fucking Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. We used to watch those movies all the time when we were kids. His fucking albums too. Yeah, and Sonya Blade was in Billy Madison. That was an early crush too. Oh yeah, Sonya Blade. Oh, remember when she did she gets Kano by the she gets Kano by the neck and her titties look like they're gonna fall out. Oh, oh Sonya Blade, <laughs> Sonya Blade. That's probably the most misogynistic thing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I think if you went back, you'd probably find something. We, I mean, I keep track of uh, movies that have nightgowns in it, so there you go. <laughs> this one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's got that swimsuit that you, you admire. That's true, actually. So let's some... do. You should do leotards too. <laughs> oh yeah, leotards count. I I do kind of like that eighties like aerobic style. I think it's cute. Not like which I don't... appeared in the nineteen sixties movie Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Yeah, that movie doesn't seem like it's the sixties. But oh, she did be looking good though. And then she got a she got a nose fixed, air quote fixed. She ruined it. Ruined it. Love a powerful nose. Uh yeah, Brother Chud though. Watch it if I mean it's on free for free on Tubi, like you said. Fucking check it out. It's free. Who cares? But it's not as good as some of the other stuff we watched. Tubi's actually got a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna. This is a video uh, chess call here advertising for Tubi TV. This is our free advertising. We're not sponsored by Tubi, but Tubi, if you're listening, you want to sponsor us, look it up. 
yeah throw me a dollar yeah. um <laughs> they got a lot of like weird uh like 80s horror movie style shit yeah because i'll see their icon come up on google quite a bit when i'm like doing research about different movies like i'll see that it's available on tv but then i usually forget about it and um uh then i obtain the film legally to watch it by other means <laughs> i def it's definitely legally obtained Spooky season continues. Hit him with a spooky laugh. <laughs> That's like Scooby Doo laugh. That's pretty good. Spooky season continues. It's Halloween. Next week we'll be watching another Halloween film. This one was a made-for-TV Halloween film that I discovered like two years ago. And you know, how, like people on the internet are always like, "You got to check out this hidden gem. It's called Rambo: First Blood." <laughs> I feel like I, I this movie came out a little bit. It's made for TV movies, so it's already like kind of off the radar of a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Especially down the line. Also, came out. Um, I would have been too young when it came out to have like watched it. I assume, but Scott Lavar Burton in it, and uh-huh. um, to me, I, I feel like I love Lavar Burton. This is legitimately like maybe a, this is like a lost gem, man. Unless people are way more familiar with it than I know. It's called Midnight Hour. We're gonna watch it. It's got fucking in a midnight hour. <laughs> mow, mow, mow. This is a very zombie-heavy Halloween of this this year of uh, VHS cult. Now that I think about it, is a uh, Midnight Hour a zombie movie? It's got zombies in it. That's for sure. I mean, Beale just is even kind of a zombie, if you want to be honest. Yeah, and then the one we're watching for Halloween has z- zombies in it. This one has zombies in it. And then we also watched Returning the Living Dead Part 2. It's all zombies. It's all zombies all the way down. That's the scariest shit you could do in the 80s with zombies. Sexiest thing you could do is uh, um, female vampires. Just like the 60s where fucking vampiros lesbos. Ooh. Ooh. Now that's the spicy meatball. If you have Shudder, I recommend you check that film out. All right, uh, we're not sponsored by Shutter though. We're sponsored by Tubi, so fuck you, Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> Unless That's... you want to sponsor Shutter, uh, we'll take free accounts and uh, two thousand dollars. That about wraps it up for the old VHS cult. We got to get Wait, back out on the, hour, right? <laughs> the dusty plains and get ready for the midnight hour. <laughs> I'm Kyle Wayne, the shit kicker. <laughs> no, Kyle Wayne's canceled. Kyle Wayne does John sound Wayne's like canceled. Kyle Wayne definitely sounds like the name of some asshole on Twitter who would be like like fucking prime prime real estate to be canceled, quote unquote canceled. Uh, did you know that uh, the birth control makes a, a, a woman angry and mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of um, sort of contrarian left wing people that are all about. Oh, I know. Cottage core sort of aesthetics, romanticism that have some strange things to say about birth control, to be honest. I've heard them. And since we talked about it at the beginning of this episode, a lot of people are mixed are pretty pretty mixed up and feeling pretty alone. And when you get to desperate situations like that, you'll believe a lot of stupid shit. Alright, that's enough complaining about talking about random shit, except for that's probably what you're here for. That's where all the meat of the podcast is. This is the jokes. Talking about the weird shit. Occasionally talking about some girl I know. She made me sad. Like the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Tune in for more of that shit. It'll keep coming, don't worry. I, every week, halfway through the week, I'll sit down and just randomly have a think and be like, oh, 
Yeah, that's some pretty sad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably share it. <laughs> uh, next week, we'll watch the Midnight Hour. Uh, we're going to be on Twitch again on Friday. We're going to watch John Carpenter's Vampires with uh, prominent left-wing figure James Woods. <laughs> right? <laughs> or yeah, and, and uh, budget Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Who also probably supports uh, Joe Biden. Or some of the Baldwins are weirdos now, right? No, yeah, I think only uh, the one Steven? from Biodome, Steven, is uh, the weird religious one. Yeah. The other ones are all like, what the fuck's wrong with you, Steven? And then Alex's like, fuck you. You, you. you get us some respect, you bitch. You bitch. No, but he's talking to his daughter at times. Yeah. <laughs> his daughter named Ireland. Ireland Baldwin doesn't really roll off the tip of the tongue. Why didn't you name her Aaron, you dummy? Yeah, well, doesn't roll off the tongue like Ireland McDonald was. <laughs> Ireland McDonald. Too many syllables. <laughs> hmm. Our last name's like not that good. <laughs> oh, fuck off. It's a good name. It's a strong name. It's cool for like the history You're of it, but like it doesn't, it doesn't sound good unless it's with like another Irish name. So like you have to... Uh, like just, Sean Thomas McDonald's? Yeah, like uh, I, I don't like girl I've any girlfriend I've had I'd, like their name plus McDonald's it's like a fucking ugh, what? Ugh. Well Kyle, I, it's twenty twenty, they don't have to change their name anymore. They can have their own name. Or you can when you get married you can decide on a new last name. You can be Kyle Starlog. That's point that's my my point wasn't the, the, the marriage aspect of it, just that like uh, that's what keyed me into the fact that there's like no music to our last name. You know what I mean? There is in in, in the old tongue. <laughs> <laughs> no, because then it's still just like McDonald. It still sounds the same. It's just spelled weird. <laughs> Doesn't have a D. No, but you, with you combine it with other old tongues words. Oh uh, yeah, the, you, that's why you have to marry like fucking Maeve or Shawan. <laughs> <laughs> Sinead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking Sinead O'Connor. Oh, one of the most beautiful women to ever live. Love you, Sinead. Glad you're doing better. If you ever listen to this podcast, love you, Sinead. Yeah, she's our one fan. That'd be awesome. I don't know if she's in the 80s movies. Uh, she's more into um speaking her mind and getting bullied by the misogyny. That's right. I said it. I'll say it about Sinead. The fucking the industry ruined her you know, life. A brave stance in 2020. <laughs> the industry ruined her life just because she is a woman who had something to say about shit. Ridiculous. They painted her into like she was a crazy person. <laughs> well, she Kyle, ever... she tore up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know, I remember. I didn't understand that as a kid. Not. Oh, well, you, really? I didn't. I didn't understand the controversy because I remember our dad thought it was funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I was okay. just like, yeah, yeah the, we're on the same page. So my assumption was like, oh yeah, the Pope got what he deserved, and like our, <laughs> obviously our mom didn't care or anything. I'm sure she was probably on Sinead's side. Sinead's, Sinead's side. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, we watch Lakers. <laughs> Go Lakers. All right, uh, VHSCult.com. Like, subscribe, follow, tell your friends. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, iTunes, do everything, rate and review, give us feedback. What sort of shit should we do to the podcast? We need constructive criticism. Should there or be more? Criticism. Should there be know. more jokes or less jokes? Should there be more movies or less movies? Should we uh, should we talk about Marvel movies more? I know everybody's gonna love that. We got stuff to complain about. No, they don't even make Marvel movies anymore. Now nah, they're holding on to the black <laughs> the black widow movie. It's gonna come out. <laughs> Yeah, once the theater's open again. <laughs> <laughs>
All right. Uh, tune in next week for the more of the VHS cult there. I'm Tell Spooky us. Sean. Spook spook spooksman of Spooktown. I'm Kyle Hell. I think that's why I said this week, right? Yeah. I love the That's it. Happy <laughs> horror. <laughs>